Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas, and today my guest is Tom Nixon. Tom is with the TZD program. That's Towards Zero Deaths. Tom, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank, thank you very much. Good afternoon. Yeah. Um, we we typically start with these numbers, and they haven't been good all year, and I anticipate they're not very good at this point in the, late in the year. It, it, is, uh, it is probably the worst news I keep getting, and when we look at where we're at today. Year to date, this is preliminary crash uh, information based on what we know early on in the, in the uh, investigation process. But um, this time last year, we had 390 deaths on our roads. Mm. And today, uh, 490. We are greater than 100, um, at least 100 more deaths on our roads. If if we take that into perspective, that's that's the highest we've been in more than a decade, wow. uh, and it's un, it's unfortunate because you're we're peeling back that progress. All of those things that we thought um, maybe were going to be cemented in people's behaviors seem to not have the same effect anymore. We have to figure out what to do to motivate people to change that behavior. Yeah, and, and that's tough to do, to change people's behavior. But, uh, boy, oh, boy, these numbers, like you say, they're just going the wrong way. Uh, I suppose uh, we're analyzing uh, every time there's a crash what happened. There's so many different factors, but it all boils down to we have to take our own personal responsibility behind the wheel, don't we? You've you've heard us talk about this enough times that you got it right right there. Everybody needs to have that personal responsibility. And when we look at the things that contribute to crashes, uh, the roads that are, we're driving on, so many cars that drive over that road every day without incident tell us that it, it, it many, many, many times can be singularly pointed at the individual's behaviors and what happens. It may not be the person that perishes fault, maybe somebody else's that caused that, an impairment or a distraction. Uh, everybody wears their seatbelt. Boy, we would, um, half of our fatalities every year are just unbelted. So we look at the things that we can do behavior-wise. Not to say that we don't do engineering changes. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of work that gets done to improve intersection safety and road departure crashes. But ultimately, the behavior, the the way people choose choose is the right word to say to drive the road. It makes a big difference. And so, 490 deaths right now. That's uh, that's 55 pedestrians. That's 55 people that were walking or or outside of their vehicle. Uh, at the time of the crash, uh, there's 67 motorcyclists. That's a high number for this year as well. Yes. And nine bicyclists. And then we, uh, in the roadway, this is not including trails or, or things, private property, but ATVs, UTVs, we had 11 fatalities this year there alone. That's that's a lot of people. Yes, it is. And, and I, I think what we're, what we're really struggling with is it's it's a choice. It's a preventable thing, and we don't see that the culture. Uh, there's there's a a culture study that has been going on for a couple of years. The the outputs are showing us that the acceptance of traffic crashes or that the risk of them is not as concerning as it maybe once was, and that the regard for we need to do something about traffic safety is not held by as many people as as there needs to be because the fatalities continue to climb. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, just some of those things that you, that you said uh, just strike me like seatbelts. I mean, overall, seatbelt use in the state remains very high. And yet 
those that choose not to wear them, if they're in a crash, it's not a good thing, is it? It. it uh, Kurt Mowers used to say, Sergeant Mowers would say, you're, you're not uh, you're not killed in a crash, you're violently killed. And and you know when you think about not wearing a belt and those incidents and the trauma that can occur, it's it's not pleasant. I don't want to be too graphic with that, but if we, we look at what we can do to, to hedge against risk, I don't I don't ever recall any valid excuse for not wearing a seatbelt. There's there's a few things where um, there may be some short-term medical issues that have allowed for, for maybe a reason to modify its wear, you know, where it should go on the body, but ultimately... I just don't get it. I don't understand why someone wouldn't. And it's a personal choice. I understand that's what people say, but it is the law as well. And the risk is uh, if you get injured and and now you're um, disabled at, at best from that injury, from what's happened, now now someone has to take care of you because of that. And therefore, they've looked at that as saying that's a, that's a risk to the citizen, that's a risk to the public for having to provide that care at that point. So we look at it as it's, it is a personal choice, but... You definitely are then imposing on others if you're injured because of not wearing a belt. Yeah. And, and I know we've said it before that uh, the vehicles have become much safer thanks to the engineering that goes into them, but that applies to when you're wearing a seatbelt. Correct. Correct. Uh, the the advancing vehicle technology, if we look at the Teslas, for instance, is something that there's, there's no shortage of, of – um, if you want to lose some time in your day, you can go on the web and look at people, what they can do when they're driving autonomous or nearly autonomous vehicles. And uh, horses did a lot better as autonomous vehicles. They didn't, um, they didn't do as many things as cars can do, and they don't do it as fast. But you need to have those safety devices as part of your uh, plan. And that, that whole future where we go with those vehicle technologies and the safety they can provide and, and what they can do for us still relies on the safety systems to work. Same thing goes for the roads. Um, we can build a safer intersection, but if someone doesn't operate it correctly, it, if they don't know how or they, they're not paying attention to how to, uh, it's all for naught. It doesn't do any good. It doesn't, it doesn't save the lives. And I, I think the, where it's taking its toll, those people that are affected by this are the people that are, are responding to these crashes. Uh, we know that that's going up. Uh, your insurance rates are, are going to be affected by this when when fatalities rise, when crashes uh, rates go up. We're affected by that. So thinking of how you know how does it change my day or what does it change for me? It's costing you. Uh, we we return to that vehicle miles traveled. The, the number of miles people are driving. We saw many insurance companies gave a rebate uh, under COVID for some folks because there was a, a decrease in risk out there. Yeah, that risk is back. Uh, fatalities are still up, and we're looking at people um, um, not not prioritizing their safety in that instance. So, so what do we do? How do we get beyond that? I think here again, you said something about the seatbelts, and most people, I, I like to say that um, most people do things right. And seatbelt use has been as high as ninety five percent in Minnesota. It has dipped a little bit. We're closer to ninety one, ninety two right now statewide. That's still. That's still really good. If we were in class right now, that'd be a really good grade. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to when crashes happen, uh, then the number of belts that make a difference is every one of them. And half the time, those people that are on belt that are dead. Yeah. It's crazy. 
Tom, uh, we, uh, you mentioned impaired driving earlier, and I know we're still in that uh, window that is always very deadly every year from the day before Thanksgiving through New Year's Eve. How yeah. does it happen? It's, it's, we're getting together with friends and family. Um, people, they, they typically imbibe. They have some drinks. They, they enjoy the evening. They lose track of maybe the responsibility of, you know, who's getting everybody home or what the plan is. It's never too late to make that plan. It's pretty easy to do. And uh, we're from, from Thanksgiving through New Year's Day, we run the risk of, of seeing too many people doing that and not planning enough. Historically, yeah, we see it, uh, a number of impaired driving crashes that, that uh, occur in this time period that where law enforcement is out there in extra force, we're going to see that, that increased presence. We still know that the net is pretty wide and that um, they can't stop every crash from happening. So you need to plan ahead. Uh, the weather is definitely something that challenges with this. We, we do have some more snow in the forecast here in the next week. Yeah. And... You know, your tires contribute to that, your wipers and your lights and all those things we talk about. But it's planning ahead, giving yourself enough time. Uh, impairment is only one part of it. Distraction is a big part of it, too. And when we look at uh, where the holiday season is, it's a terrible time to lose somebody for any reason. But this is completely preventable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about winter driving because every time there's a significant snowfall, there's, you know, we see these stats. There's another 400 accidents across the state. Uh, I'd say first thing, slow down, right? You have to drive to conditions. Correct, it's- correct. Yeah, there, in Minnesota, there is no minimum speed limit. That is something that most people don't recognize. Uh, we, we do want you to know that if you're unable to go the limit of the road um, to either move over or 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 get off the road and wait till you can. Uh, arguably, if you need to get to your destination, make make sure that you're paying attention to behind and in front of you so that uh, you're not impeding traffic. But reliably, the speed limit is the maximum. And if the conditions do not warrant or not allow you to go faster, you can't see, you don't know where the road is, you can't feel the, the edge line rumbles, or you can't uh, uh, get past the snow cloud, go as slow as you need to go. Uh, by all means, don't don't drive faster than than you can, and be kind to those people that are struggling with that. Uh, they may not have the the headlights, they may not have the wipers that you do, they may not have the the confidence that you do. Younger drivers, uh, older drivers, they they are differed by years, but older drivers have that experience, and they're going to drive slower because they know boy, this is a risky place. I'm going to drive a little bit slower. I know I'm going to get to my destination if I do so. The younger drivers, they they don't have that experience, so they find themselves in more trouble this time of year, and they don't have the skills to compensate. So those of you that are guardians or uh, parents, friends, either either tell them, you know what, you're not driving tonight. It's not a good night for you to be out. It's okay to say no. Too many parents that I've had as speakers for, for victim impact have said, I kind of suspected it was not a good night for someone to go, and, and, they, and they, they let the kids go anyway. And there's so much pain in their eyes to say, I wish I would have just said no. Yeah. You, you, you have our permission. <laughs> go yeah. ahead and tell the kids it's not a good night to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I saw, uh, getting back to the uh, highway engineering, I got to tell you, I saw a video we watched the other day of a huge pileup on one of our highways. And I believe it was in Minnesota. And there was one of those wire um, 
one of the posts and the wires. Median that, guardrail, yeah. Yes. And uh, and it was uh, four lanes, you know, two going one, and they're separated by just a little grassy knoll. And I'll tell you, when the semis and cars piled into that cable, it held them from crossing and going into the other lane, which would have been really deadly. And I thought that was an amazing bit of engineering that probably saved a lot of lives that day. It, it really has a huge opportunity. And they're, and they're not designed to catch commercial trucks. They're, they're, that's, I mean, they do. And, and <laughs> the Office of Traffic Engineering doesn't like when we show video and picture of that because, well, it's not intended to do that. Uh, but it does. And, and what, you know, the, the issue that some people take with those is, uh, you know, it, it tangles the car up and it may cause more damage. Uh, but what, what it doesn't do is allow that car to cross all the way over and have a more catastrophic crash. Yeah. And where we see the difference, uh, there's, there's a video out there about Maple Grove or close to that on 94 where they were just finishing installing. And, and you can see where a, a vehicle went into the, the median and slung mud. And, and dirt onto the oncoming traffic, which basically cast to the other side where they were going to go had that cable barrier not been there, and they would have been in the thick of traffic. But yeah. it, within minutes of that in being installed, it, it was used. It's expensive. It, we look at what we invest in to keep Minnesotans safe. It's not an inexpensive path. No. But the cost of a lost life uh, is is has a actuarial expense. We know that we look at the the contribution to the economy and to uh, what it costs to respond and to fix those things. It it's expensive for people to crash too. So the balance is always is this is this a beneficial improvement? And that cable barrier, you're right. That uh, I think it was down on 52. Was it south of the cities? There was I saw a cable barrier crash recently, and yeah, it captured a lot of cars that probably would have ended up in a worse collision had that not been there to stop them crossing that little bit of grass. Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, the video I saw, of course, it was wintry weather, and it was one car after another going too too fast when this initial accident happened, so nobody could slow down. And one after another, they come rolling into this. But it was amazing to see how that barrier protected those in the other lane. It so, certainly does, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It gets back to what we were saying about slowing down when there's a lot of snow on the ground. It's just amazing how many people think they can drive the normal speed. And, and I think, here again, most people do, but it's that outlier. It's the one person. If, if everyone's going 45, that's the right speed. But if one's going 75 and everyone's going 30... We know that that differential is going to be the issue. Somewhere or another, there's going to be a, a misstep on who's turning or how fast you can brake. When we think about the winter weather and the snow clouds and the fog and the thing, oh, yeah, we had fog recently, too, quite a bit. Yeah. If you look at what you can do or what you can educate those drivers uh, around you on is, is to be aware of what's happening. Cruise control is a great tool to, to be economical and to, to keep the, the platoon of cars going the same speed, if, if that's what everybody does. But it can get you into trouble, especially if, if you're not paying attention. And adaptive cruise control is one of the features on the newer technology of vehicles that is is great, but it's not necessarily designed for an icy road in the fog where there's a backup. And now, you know, if there's a crash and you're stopping, you just you have to be paying attention. When the weather conditions are changing, you need to change to a, a more hands-on, foot-on uh, approach. Well, Tom, uh, we're going to run out of time. It's been a a very deadly year on the roads. Let's see if we can make these last uh, week and a half a little safer and then look forward to a safer 2022. Zero is attainable. It is 
always preventable when it crashes looked at? I hope so. And, and for everybody out there, travel safe. Have a great holiday. Enjoy it greatly, but plan ahead. And uh, let's arrive in 2022 alive. Very well said. Tom, thank you so much. Have a Merry Christmas. Same to you. Thank you. Tom Nixon is with the Toward Zero Deaths program. I'm Ken Thomas, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found anytime. They're on our website. Go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also find them on our free mobile app that's powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.